Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. When the Lord said, I'm the shepherd, he was saying he was a shepherd fighter who fights to protect his sheep from the lion of souls. That's the devil. In order for Jacob to say, I have all, he had to have the shepherd who fights for his soul to protect him. This is in contrast to Esau, who had Rav. He had a large quantity in life, but he didn't have coal. He didn't have all. All in life, he didn't have that because Esau didn't have the Lord as his shepherd door, protecting him, making him safe and secure. I wouldn't trade places with anyone in life, no matter how much Rav, large quantity they had, if he didn't have the Lord as his shepherd door. See, and a shepherd fighter who fights to protect his sheep, he's got scars on his body to show his titanic fights with lions and bears. And just like David stood there with King Saul and his victory over his lions and his bears, and he could probably show King Saul, he said, look at the marks on my body here. These are the marks from my titanic fights that I just told you about with the lion and bear. So the Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, our good fighter shepherd, who fights for us to protect his sheep. He stood after the resurrection and victory. He showed the marks in his body. He showed the marks in his hands and his feet and his side and his brow of his titanic fight on the cross. As he said in Luke 24, 40, Luke 24, 40, he showed them his hands and his feet. When he showed them his hands and his feet, he showed them nail scars in his hands and his feet that he received in his titanic fight with the lion of souls, the devil on the cross. So he stood at the time, he stood at that time after the resurrection as the good shepherd who fights to protect his sheep. He stands today right here in Mission Valley Community Chapel. He's a good shepherd. He stands here to protect his sheep. And he says to anyone, John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be safe and he shall go in and out and find abundant pasture. See? The news today, the news today, I mean, you look at the, I stopped reading it, it's just very depressing. The news today, it leads people into fear. I mean, the Paris and the Brussels suicide bombs, you know, I mean, people in Brussels, a suicide bomb, they're reading on their smartphones in the subway, and the bomb goes off and kills twice as many people there as in the airport. The Tel Aviv stabbings, you know, this famous person dying all unexpected, they all lead people today into fear. And there's only one answer for fear today, and it's to have the Lord Jesus Christ as the door protecting the sheep. What is he a door into? He's a door into protection. He's a door into protection. He's a door into a life of security. When he says, I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be safe. Why safe? Well, we need to keep the imagery in mind here, again, of the shepherd, you know, of the door there, the sheepfold, because 
outside the sheepfold, there was danger. There was death. There was doom for those sheep. Why danger? Why death? Why doom? Because outside for the sheep, there were severe elements. There was scorching sun that could kill the sheep. There was great hailstones, dry grass that could catch on fire. Sometimes these fires now in Israel, they're terrible. And someone might start the fire. In fact, anyway. But inside was shelter and protection. See, outside there was this danger. Outside there was a danger. Outside of the, the danger, spiritually speaking for us, outside the danger, there's danger for man inside the Lord Jesus Christ's safety and protection. You know, outside were savage enemies like the lions and the bears. And outside are savage enemies for man who are dedicated to the destruction of souls and the defilement of bodies. You know, that's why it's so important for believers, don't leave the sheepfold, and, but stay under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd. It's important to not be like the sheep described in Isaiah 53, 6. Going astray, all we like sheep have gone astray. Why? Because there's danger outside. Because in 1 Peter 5, 8, 1 Peter 5, 8 speaks about the danger. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's an enemy outside, and he's out to destroy by damning the soul and defiling the body. And young Christians, they leave home, and they say, at last, I can get out from the stifling control of my parents you know, and this church. It's got all these rules. You know? And now I, I feel strong. I feel self-confident. I can make a go of it, you know, in the world, and off they go to college, or and before you know it, they become morally defiled. Their bodies have become defiled. It says in, in Jude 1.8, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignities. And when they become defiled, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. God looked at Israel and said, and in Hosea 6.10, Hosea 6.10, God said, I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is the whoredom of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. So what did that Christian not realize? He didn't realize, went off away, that outside the sheepfold are savage enemies. Just for the sheep, there's poisonous berries, there's poisonous plants, there's attractive little places that hide cliffs, drop-offs, the shepherd knows. The shepherd keeps them away from those dangers, but there are subtle allurements, there, there's temptations in the world, and the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows, and he keeps us as a sheep away from it, but any person who's not under the protective care of the shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ as his door, he's taken captive by the devil against his will. As it says in 1 John 5, 19, 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are, uh, we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. 2 Timothy two twenty six that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are, are taken captive by him at his will. The devil is powerful. The devil takes people at his will. See, when the Lord Jesus Christ said this, I am the door, he was speaking about, I'm the door of safety and protection. But when he said, I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find abundant pasture, that part about finding abundant pasture is also how Jacob could say, I have coal, I have all. See, the finding, that's satisfaction. That's to be satisfied in life. 
He said, I have all. He's saying, I'm satisfied. That's the second great need of everyone in the world and life. It's to be satisfied. When Jacob says, I have coal, Jacob was saying that he had found the one who said, I am the door that leads to abundant pasture or satisfaction. Jacob says, I have coal. Jacob meant, I have the door to safety and the door to satisfaction. Because that's what the Lord Jesus Christ meant by the door. There's only one way that anyone in life can ever say a statement of, I have all. And that's by having these two needs of life met, of ultimate safety and ultimate satisfaction. And that's when he, that he can say, I have this door, the, the, John 10, 9. I have, in my life, made myself one of the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my shepherd, he's my door, and now I can say, I have coal. So, again, what are the two promises that the Lord made in John 10, 9? A promise for what? Good, and a promise of? Okay, great, all right, good. So when a person has safety and satisfaction, he's got real life. When a person has safety and satisfaction, he's got true peace. When a person has safety and satisfaction, he has coal, he has all. And there's something more in this verse. And because in this verse in John 10, he talks about going in and out. You know, going in and out expresses a purpose in life. Going in and out expresses a fulfilling purpose in life. There's something interesting about sheep, and which I had to learn the hard way. Anyway, in the early years of Scantabody's lab, you know, our, our family lived in, in Lakeside, and we immunized and harvested antibodies from 300 goats and sheep right in our home on Willow Road. Janice remembers that. Right? She used to wash dishes, <laughs> lab dishes for us when she was younger. Anyway, and we were right up against this 4,000-foot tall uh, mount in there, El Capitan. And, you know, we had these, we had these pens. They were, oh, I don't know why we bought that property. But anyways, Pastor Jim said when we were looking at it, he said the place is going to absorb work. That was a prophecy. And, I mean, there was just these huge rocks. You know, I said, okay, we got to go. We, I think we called out 15 fence companies. They all refused. They said, we can't put fences over rocks, you know, so big boulders. So we did it ourselves. But anyway, our pens were, well, they were what they were. And, and we did our best to keep our animals enclosed, but sometimes they got loose. And then I would grab my shepherd cane, and I would do my best climbing from rock to rock, you know. And, and the goat or the sheep would just laugh, and he would jump from rock to rock, you know. I'd be so frustrated, I'd just give up. I, ne- I never caught any, really. Very rarely caught one to get it back in the pen. So we lost animals because they're, they're much more agile on the rocks than I am, was. And uh, sometimes, most of the time, we never got them back. Sometimes it was interesting. Sometimes they'd get homesick and we'd find them just hanging around the outside of the pen. <laughs> they, they, they escaped and they said, you know, been out there, it's really better in there. So, you know, food comes regularly, water, you know. So uh, and we, we, then I could catch them, put them back in. It, it did happen. It was rare. Most of the time, when they got out, they headed straight up that mountain into the bush, and they'd be lost. And it was interesting. Sometimes we could see our goats up there on the mountainside above us, and they just adapted into the brush just fine. You know, they adapted into the wild fine. And there's actually a few herds of wild goats, or there were at least, in Lakeside. And, you know, the Indians used to shoot them. But anyway, and they would uh, sometimes shot our goats, and that was very upsetting to me. But... um, Our goats survive just fine in the wild. I mean, you know, goats know how to protect themselves. I remember one time there was a mountain lion that got into one of our pens, and this goat, we were away, but the neighbors told us what happened. 
this goat would kind of like move around and the mountain lion would move around and they were eyeing each other. And the goat waited till the mountain lion, we had a big rock in this pen. And the goat waited till the mountain lion got right up against the rock. And then the goat rammed his head and smashed his head against the rock. And we came home and found this dead mountain lion in the pen. And went, what happened? And the neighbor says, you won't believe this. So goats do just fine if they get loose. They're adapted to the wild. That's not the case with sheep. That's not the case with our sheep. If one of our sheep got loose and ran up the mountainside, it never survived in the wild. There are no wild herd of sheep in Lakeside. <laughs> they, they become quick prey for the mountain lions. Our sheep could not exist without our care. Our sheep could not fulfill their purpose in life without being under our care and under our control. The Lord does not call us goats. He calls us sheep because we cannot fulfill our purpose in life without being under the control and care of the Lord Jesus Christ as our shepherd. And the in and out of John 10, 9, it speaks about our purpose in life as sheep. Until a person gets under the control and care of the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, he will not fulfill his purpose in life. Like sheep, we need our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only when we put ourselves under his control and care that we fulfill our purpose in life, which is why we are called in the Bible his workmanship in Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, the Greek word for workmanship in that Ephesians 2.10 is poema, poema, which is where the word poem comes from. And a poet, he doesn't just sit down and say, well, I think I'll write a, well, if he does, you can tell, you know, to write a poem. He works on his poem to make sure that he gets the content, the meaning, just right. Then the rhyme, just right than the meter or the rhythm, just right. And you can always tell if a, if a poet hasn't concentrated on the content because it, it doesn't stimulate your mind. And you can always tell if a poet hasn't uh, worked on the rhyme because all his po- the words, the rhyming words, they seem so strained. They don't really flow. And you can always tell if a poet has not worked on varying the rhythm, mixing it up a bit, because all his poems have this boring da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know? <laughs> A good poet works on his poems to get the content, the rhyme, and the rhythm just right. And he spends time working on his poems to get it just right. That's the meaning there of Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. We are his poems. And it means the Lord is working on us to make sure that we come out as his beautiful masterpiece. But we can only do this and become that when we put ourselves under the control and the care of him as our, as our door. It's so sad today to see so many young people, they don't have any purpose in life. You know, many, many think to, to put myself under the controlling of, of, the, of Jesus, so I'm gonna, that's a horrible bondage. Oh, where my freedom is stifled, I wanna be free. Okay? But the in and out, it doesn't express a horrible bondage where freedom is stifled. The in and out expresses a liberty. Many people today think that liberty, I'll tell you what liberty is, Liberty is the freedom to do what I want to do. But when a man goes into sin and he lights the fires of passion that shouldn't be lit in his life, they burn, they create more desire for sin. And, and, and many today think that liberty is the freedom to fulfill those passions that I want more, more sin. 
That's why people today think that liberty is the freedom to do what I want. Liberty is not the freedom to do what I want. Liberty is the power to do what I ought. That's what liberty is. And the Lord Jesus gave us that liberty when he said in John 8, 36, John 8, 36, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The liberty he's talking about is the power that he gives to break the power of canceled sin and set the captive free. See, and it's this in and out in John 10, 9 that expresses this type of liberty as a power to do what I ought. In and out is the language of freedom. In and out is the language also of loyalty. In and out speaks of a life of trusting loyalty. The sheep are loyal, the shepherd is loyal. The Lord is leading them in and out. He's leading them out into the world to serve him, back into him to be strengthened, to become repaired. You know, what a rare thing it is today to find trustworthy loyalty. That's rare. Trustworthy loyalty, it's missing today. It's missing in our world. Husbands don't trust wives. Wives don't trust husbands. Parents don't trust children. Children don't trust parents. Employers don't trust employees. Employees don't trust employers. Citizens don't trust government. Amen to that, right? And government doesn't trust citizens. The world we live in is full of broken down loyalties. So what's the answer for this? Meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He is the ultimate loyal, trustworthy friend. How do you know that? Because of 2 Timothy 2.13. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we believe not, he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Even when we fail him, he doesn't fail us. Even when we betray him, he doesn't betray us. Even when we're not loyal to him, he's loyal to us. His loyalty is described by two words that we get in this passage here of John 10. A little bit further down. No and love. No and love. See, John 10, 14 through 15. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's love. He knows us. He knows all about us. I mean, I know some of you. I know some of you better than I know all of you. But I mean, I know some, well, not most of you. I don't know. Anyway, I just missed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I know some of you better than others. But I don't know everything about every, anyone. I, I, I don't. But I know someone who does. The Lord Jesus Christ, he looks through each one of us. And he knows us. And when it says he knows us, it doesn't just mean, oh, I know the good parts. He knows the worst about us. He knows the worst about us, and he loves us. And that makes him the best friend. Because the best friend is the one who knows the worst about you and loves you just the same. There's only one who loves like that, and Jesus is his name. That's why he said, I know my sheep. Which means he knows the worst about us, and with his knowledge of the worst of us, he loves us completely. The abundant pasture in, in John ten nine it describes a person whose shepherd is the Lord, and there's one word we say, satisfied. He's satisfied. Psalm 23 describes a person whose shepherd is the Lord, and it's a description of a satisfied person. It starts off, it says, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Again, back in Lakeside, we had all of our goat and sheep pens uncomfortably close to our home, you know, but not by choice, but by necessity. And our, and our animals were right around us. And when our animals got hungry, we could hear about it. 
<laughs> and especially the sheep, they made a racket. Far more noise than the goats. You know, we fed them every morning and late afternoon, if the boys remembered. And before feeding time, you look in the pen, there was a distinct difference between the goats and the sheep. You know, the goats, they're relatively calm when they got hungry, but the sheep, they just walk back and forth in a state of total agitation. A hungry sheep will not sit still. He will not lie down. And when you fed the sheep, you better get out of the way. It's going to be like a stampede. They can't, sheep cannot stand to be hungry, and they won't lie down when they're hungry. A sheep's hunger is not satisfied. If it's not satisfied, he won't lie down. And so when it says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. You're not going to get a sheep to lie down unless he's satisfied. There's only one reason a sheep will lie down. It's because he's satisfied. The Lord is our shepherd. He leads us into a life of satisfaction with no need to go wandering away looking for better satisfaction. Satisfied. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we find intellectual satisfaction. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we find emotional satisfaction. In him, we find vocational or professional, what we do, satisfaction. Not in us, in him. That's why it says we are complete in him from Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So when Jacob says to Esau these amazing words, Lee Cole, I have all, I have coal. He's saying that in God, he had found a real life and a real peace and a real purpose and a real satisfaction. How does a person get to that place to say with Jacob, I have coal? How does a person get that real life? How does a person get true peace in life? How does a person get this meaningful purpose in life? How does he get a best friend who knows the worst about him and loves him just the same? How does he get this shepherd that has this perfect loyalty? All a person has to do, all they have to do, step into the sheepfold. That's it. Step through the door of protection, the door of purpose, the door of provision. That's why this whole verse in John 10, 9, it hinges on the word if. It said, I am the good shepherd. By me, if, if any man enter in, he shall be safe and shall go in and out and find pastor, abundant pastor. It's all hinging on the word if. If any man enter, enters in, it's like, and all a person has to do is just say, I'm finished with Isaiah 53, 6 in my life. I'm finished with the wandering and going astray. I've heard him say that it come to me. I've heard him say that, and now I'm gonna come. And you know what happens when he comes? John 6, 37, John 6, 37. Him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. One door and only one, and yet the sides are two. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? Only a step to Jesus, then why not take it now? Come with thy sin confessing and to thy Savior bow. Only a step, only a step. Come, he waits for thee. Come with thy sin confessing. Thou shalt receive a blessing. Do not reject the mercy he freely offers thee. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, we, we so gladly come to you and we're so glad that you're our, our shepherd door. And Lord, we wanna thank you for that Today, especially as we think about how you died for us and you rose for us. And so, Lord, gladly we're your sheep in Jesus' name. Amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. On opening day, September 25th, we'll have Phil's Barbecue with special guest musician Jim Earp. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. <laughs> 